Can you take your Bible? And say, this is my Bible. It contains the word of God. Nora, where is your Bible? Everybody, when you are coming to church, we are not coming to a cinema hall. Amen? We are not going to National Theater. We are coming to the house of the Lord, which the word of the Lord must be read. Hallelujah. Okay. Say, this is my Bible. It contains the word of God. I am what he says I am. And I can do what he says I can do. I am about to hear and to receive the engrafted word of God which is able to save my soul and give me an inheritance in the kingdom of God. My life will never be the same, never, never the same again. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Father, anoint my lips as I declare your word. Let your people be blessed. Let them be anointed. Let them be empowered to do the work of the ministry and serve you well. In Jesus' precious name, everybody say a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. You are welcome to Good Friday. It is a Good Friday because good things happen on that particular Friday. And today we are commemorating the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we'll be talking about why he died, the benefits of his death. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, from verse number 1 to verse number 9, Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. It means that we are saved by the gospel. Just what we are saved by the gospel. And he said, if you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. So what Paul is saying is that if you keep the memory of the gospel I preach to you, you are saved. Unless you didn't believe well. Then verse 3, he said, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. So you can only give what you have received. <laughs> and he said, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So why did Christ die? He died for our sins. Now the problem of the world is a problem of sin. So once sin is dealt with, then the problem of the world is dealt with. So the root of all our problems, the root of poverty, the root of fightings, the root of murders, the root of everything is because of sin. And that is what Christ came to tackle. And the Bible says, he died for our sins, and that, number two, he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So the gospel is the fact that Jesus Christ, he came to die. Number two, he was buried. And number three, he rose again. Hallelujah. It means that he went through a process. Now listen, what shows that somebody has taken your place in doing something on your behalf is that the person goes and comes back. Amen? So, Jesus, you should have died, and he took your place in death, and he rose again. So, as he came back, he came to tell us that he truly died on our behalf. Amen. Bible says he rose again according to the scriptures, and verse 5, and that he was seen of Cephas, that means that is Peter, then of the 12. Is that right? So, it means that when he rose up, 
He, rose, he didn't rise up in vacuum. He didn't rise up just by anybody declaring it so, but there, there was an evidence. There was an evidential proof. Someone say evidential proof. And what was the evidential proof? That Cephas, that is Peter, saw him. Number six, he was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. Is that right? Then, after that, he was seen of the of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are falling asleep. That means that at the time Paul was writing, today they are all gone. Verse 7. And after that he was seen of James, then of the apostles. Then at last, and last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. And verse 9, for I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet even to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So Paul was saying that he was trying to recount the, the fact that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again, and that he was seen by men, that he really was, uh, he resurrected from the dead. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at why he died, or he had to die. And the past days, we've been talking about what Christ accomplished by his death, that we said, number one, he accomplished for us expiation. So it's say expiation. And we said the expiation is the removal of our sin and guilt. When man, when man sinned against God, the sin was in front of us. And so God had to remove our sin and our guilt from us. So the death of Jesus Christ, the blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary, removed our sin and our guilt. Hallelujah. It removed our sin and our guilt. And we said John 1.29, the scripture is John 1.29. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. So the Lamb of God took away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Now, how did he take away the sin of the world? He took away the sin of the world by offering himself. By offering himself and what the, himself, the part of him that he offered for our, the payment or the removal of our sins is his blood. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says that we are born again, not, uh, I mean, the Bible says that in Peter, he said that it is his blood that cleanses us. Amen. Look for that scripture. His blood cleanses us and makes us whole in his presence. So the blood, the blood is what has saved us. Amen. Okay. Now, when God found out that we were sinners, he sent his son to die in our place. And Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. And the blood that he shed washed away our sins. Is that right? It washed away our sins sins and so Jesus was used as a propitiation when he washed away our sins it brought about what propitiation so when he took away our sins our sins that made God to be angry with us he took it away so it brought about what the removal of anger so God's anger against us was removed because 
Jesus, Jesus has paid for our sins by his blood. And Leviticus 17, Leviticus says that for the life of the flesh is in the blood. So once you offered his, his, his life, he has offered, he, once you offered his blood, he has offered his life. And therefore, our, uh, 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 when God saw, God sees us, he doesn't see us in our sinful state, but actually see Jesus. Amen. And because he sees Jesus, he's not angry with us, but rather he sees us as his beloved children, and so favor becomes our portion. So propitiation does not bring about God's love. Romans 5 8 says that whilst we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it was his love that actually for us, that motivated him to die for us. Amen. But when he died for us and our sin was removed, it brought about favor. So anybody who is a child of God is a child of favor. Can I have an amen? amen. So you are, you are favored. Tell somebody you are favored. And because you are favored, whatever you couldn't get from God, now you have the opportunity to get from God. So restoration comes through propitiation. Write it. Restoration will come through what? Propitiation. So by dying in our place, Christ removed the wrath of God that we deserved. The sin should have brought wrath. But when Jesus died in our place, we should have died. Why should we die? Because the Bible says, the soul that sinneth, he shall what? Die. That is, uh, you find that in Ezekiel 18, 20. The soul that sinneth, he shall die. And yesterday, we read that the Bible says that God said, the day you eat of the fruit which I tell you not to eat, you shall surely what? Die. And did they eat of the fruit? Yes. And so since they ate of the fruit and we are the descendants of Adam and Eve, then it means that we have also inherited spiritual death being disconnected. If your family, if your fa somebody is angry with your father, one family is angry with you, against your family. Once you are born into your family, that family that is angry with your family, when they see you, they will see you as an enemy. Amen? Until something, a reparation is done. So God was seeing man as an enemy. God was seeing man as a rebellious person. Till Jesus Christ came. And when he came and offered his blood, he washed away our rebellion, washed away that which made God to look, see us as our enemies, and rather God now sees us as his children and as his friends. And because of the act of propitiation, the, because of the act of propitiation, we, the act of expiation and propitiation brings about placation. And we say placation is to make someone less angry, to stop the feeling of anger. Is that right? Yeah. Because God, Christ gave himself unto us, God doesn't feel anger against us. So Christ came to placate God. It, it, what he came to do was to take away God's anger. Amen? Yes. Yeah, it, he came to take away God's anger by offering himself as an atonement. And an atonement is the action of making what? Amends. So by Christ coming, amendment has taken place. Amen? And so once expiation and reconciliation has taken, expiation and propitiation, 
Expiation is a removal of what? Sin and guilt. Propitiation is what? God's wrath. So once the wrath has been taken away, now the two groups can be linked together. Bible says that sin has brought about a separation. Isaiah 59 verse 2. Sin brought about a separation. But once sin has been taken away, there is no word separation. Amen? Are you following me? The three of you, come. One, second row, three. Quickly, 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 quickly. One, quick, 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 quick. Okay. Now, the two of them, let's say this top is a sin. So she's a sin. Is that right? Now, these two used to be together. Is that right? They used to be together. And then, so before the fall of man, can you stand here, madam? Before the fall of man, God and man, they were united. Is that right? Good. Then sin came between them. Sin came between them. And because sin came between them, sin has separated man from who? God. Now, Jesus Christ came. When Jesus Christ came and paid the price for our sins, eh, he brought about expiation. So, expiation took away sin. Removal of sin. Once sin has been removed, now God is no more angry with her because of the sin. Is that right? And rather, favor has come. So, it leads to reconciliation. The two of them knitted together. So if you want to be a friend of God and relate closely with God, to hear the voice of God, make sure that there is no sin between you and God. Thank you, dear. And that's what Jesus Christ came to do. So once are, the two of them are united, it means that every good thing that is in God will come to man. Amen. And that's why I say, call unto me. Jeremiah 33, I will hear you and I will answer you and I will show unto you great and mighty things which you do not know of. For behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me to do? Hallelujah. So someone say, I want a scripture for, um, have I given you scripture for expiation? Yes. I gave you a scripture for expiation. He came to remove John, uh, John 1, 29. I've given you a scripture for reconciliation. Sorry, um, propitiation. That is Romans chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. That is propitiation. Okay, I'm doing this for the sake of those who are not around. And then uh, Hebrews 2.17, Hebrews 2.17, and then 1 John 4.10. Then reconciliation. Reconciliation is the restoration of friendly relations. Is that right? Once the anger is taken away, it brings about what? Reconciliation. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. Bible says that when we're enemies, we're even reconciled to God through the death of his son. So through the death of his son, we have been what? Reconciled. Hallelujah. Is that not? And Bible says we shall be saved by his life. That means that we shall be delivered by his life. We shall be held by his life. So when, when Christ died for us, now we have the help of God. And because now we have the help of God and we have been reconciled, then there can be redemption in every area. And redemption means to buy back from Satan's slave market. Redemption also means the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment. So Christ paid for our sins. Christ paid for our problems. 
And on the cross, Christ paid for whatever we, we need. Whatever is our problem, Christ paid for it. And because Christ paid for it, it means that whatever we have lost or will lose, we now have a right to regain. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Once, once the price for our sins has been paid for, and that is why Joel chapter 2, verse 25 and 26 says that whatever the enemy took away, whatever the conqueror met and the caterpillar destroyed, there shall be what? A restore. He said, I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the conqueror and the palmer worm has eaten. And 26, he says that, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Hallelujah. May you never be ashamed. I said, may you never be ashamed. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 12, the Bible says that with his blood, Christ has obtained for us eternal redemption. Amen? So with his blood, he obtained for us what? Eternal redemption. So we are redeemed. Somebody say we are redeemed. And then we said, what are we redeemed from? We are redeemed from the captivity of the enemy. That Christ has redeemed us what? Number one, from the curse of the law, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Number two, he has redeemed us from the guilt of our sin. Right? Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Romans 3, 24. He has redeemed us from the guilt of our sin. Romans 3, 24. Okay, for the sake of those writing the notes. Yes, we have been released from the curse of the law, the guilt of sin, and what? The power of sin. Okay, Romans 3, 24, that's the, the guilt of sin. Being justified freely by his grace through what? The redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, in Christ Jesus, we are redeemed. We are, we are justified. Amen. Amen. We are justified. Justified means just as if we have never sinned. And bought from Satan's slave market. We have received redemption. Redemption means that what we lost, we are getting it back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, when... A champion took us. There was a time down in Ghana where the government called National Redemption Council. National Redemption. The first school was National Liberation Council, NLC. And then when Rollins came, he, he sorry, uh, a champion, he said National Redemption. It means he came to redeem us. And that is why he came up with Operation Feed Yourself. And then he came and tried to build. Uh, the various estates, I think Teshinungwa and all those kinds of places, he built the place. So when you see Teshinungwa and, and uh, 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 Dansoman place and all those things, you must give credence to the Sujaman. Ignatius Kutua Champo. Like, uh, some of you, you don't, you don't remember that. What a shock. Then number, th number three is that Christ's death, his redemption, he has redeemed us from the power of sin. Someone say, from the power of sin. Hallelujah. He has redeemed us from the powers. You see, when man sinned, we came under the grip of sin. Under the control of sin. Eh? Paul said, the good things I want to do, I'm not able to do. But the bad things I don't want to do, I find myself doing it. Do, do you have a witness here? At that time that you don't want to insult, but you find yourself insulting. At that time that you, you don't want to say, you don't want to think something bad in your head. But you see somebody, you know, then you are thinking some bad things. Yeah, it's a natural nature. It's a, it's a nature we inherited from the devil. You know, and the nature, what we inherited, made us to become subservient to the devil. But then when Christ came, 
He gave us power over sin. Amen. So when you submit to the Lord, you can live a sin-free life. Romans chapter 6, verse number 14. <laughs> and verse 16 to 18. Let's do that quickly. Are you following what I'm teaching you? Glory to God. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. For sin shall hurt, not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Hallelujah. So when you come to Christ, you are no more under sin. Sin will not have control over you. Verse 16 to 18. Know you know that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. So who, whoever you, you listen to and you obey, you become your servant. That's the reason why when, when Adam and Eve listened to the serpent they, and obeyed the serpent, they became servants to the serpent. So whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So when you listen to sin, you, it will lead you unto death. And when you listen to obedience and you obey, you operate in righteousness. Are you following that? Verse 17 and 18. He says that, but God be thanked that we were the servants of sin. We were, we used to be. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Verse 18, and because of that, what has happened? Then be made free from sin, you became the servant of what? Righteousness. <laughs> You've been set free from sin. And that's the reason when you give your life to Christ, someone say, oh, I can't stop the drinking. No, you can't stop it. When Christ comes down, I can't stop the smoking. You can stop the smoking. He said, me, when I see, I hear one girl say, when I see guys with broad chest, hey, then something happens to me. I can't help it at all. Now you can help it. Can I have an amen? Yeah, you can help it. You can help it because it gives you the power over sin. Verse 20. Verse 20. Verse 20. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. She said, those who are servants of sin, are free from righteousness. They are not right with God. But 22, 22. But now, read it with me. But now, be made free from sin and become what? Servants to God. Hallelujah. So when you are made free from sin, you become what? Servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end is what? Everlasting life. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, you did, I said glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when Christ came again, after dealing with sin, he also defeated the devil on our behalf. Hallelujah. Christ's death was a defeat of the power of Satan. Point number five. Christ's death defeated Satan. So, Satan has been defeated. Your number one enemy has been deceived. Satan is the one who made you to become subject to sin. And he was sitting on you. When Jesus came, he threw him out and he defeated him. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So your enemy has been defeated. How do I know that? Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 15. Colossians chapter 2. It doesn't mean it is Colo. Yes, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. 
he has quickened or made alive together with him, having forgiven you all what? your trespasses. You, were, you used to be dead in your sins. Sin always leads to death. The wages of sin is what? Death. So the salary for your sin is death. So once Adam and Eve sinned, God said, the day you sin, you shall what? Die. And the soul that sinner shall die. So sin always leads to what? Death. And when we talk about death, it's talking about disconnection from life or relationship. So sometimes we say a relationship is dead. It means that it's no more viable. It's no more working. The two people are no more together. It may not necessarily even mean that physical death, but the fact that the people are not flowing. So the moment you sin, you, God doesn't flow with you again. So if you want God to flow with you again, it means that the sin must be taken away. And for God to flow with us again, God realized that we can't come to him, so he had to come to us. God was high on the story building, and he had to release his ladder. So Jesus is a ladder by means of which we climb up to be able to go to the heaven. Jesus is the bridge that we used to cross from one water body to the other. Without a bridge or without a ship or without a canoe, you cannot go across, else you get drowned. If you try, you get drowned. If you try, the crocodiles will eat you up. But Jesus doesn't want the crocodiles of the earth, the problems of the earth, and the devil and his cohorts to put you under. And so, God provided Jesus Christ to be the bridge that connects man unto himself. And the Bible says that, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Do that in a modern language, NLT or something for me. Um, uh, that same verse. And you were dead because of what? Your sins. And because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. <laughs> yes? Then God made you alive with Christ. Because he forgave all our sins. So you are alive again. So anybody who gives his life to Jesus is not dead. He's alive. That's what I'm alive. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 14 and 15. And the Bible says that blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Wow. He blotted out. Uh, these days, when we talk about blotting, when we were growing up, when we, and we started writing, we had what we call a fountain pen. And then a blotting paper. So when you write and you make a mistake, you use the blotting paper to blot the ink. So that what, the wrong thing you wrote is sucked by the blotting paper so that it will not be seen. Is that right? Today, you people try to use eraser or something on and. Uh, Eh? Something, something. It's your, it's your error. I don't know whatever. And then you try to erase it. And when, when the blotting paper picks the ink, whatever was written there is no more sin. And Bible says that Jesus blotted out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against you. The things that were to be read against you that had been written, his blood took it away. So that there is nothing to be read against you again. It means your offenses. You see, somebody will go and then you go to the law court. And then a prosecutor comes and then he's coming to read. Yes, my Lord. This person did this. This person did that. This person did that. Now, when Jesus came, he erased whatever is on the charge sheet. 
So the prosecutor has nothing to read. The prosecutor is about to read something. As he picks the thing, there's nothing on the paper. There's nothing on the paper. He presents to the judge. A blank so said, bring me the thing. Charge sheet. There's nothing on the charge sheet. So when Jesus came, he took away what was ever, whatever was on the charge sheet. So it means that before you gave your life to Christ, if you were a thief, it has been taken away from the charge sheet. If you were a murderer, it was taken away from the charge sheet. If you were taken, he, everything was taken from the charge sheet. That's why the Bible says that our sins have been put in the sea of his forgetfulness. He doesn't remember. Amen. He doesn't remember. One of the days, one of the young ladies came to me and said, Daddy, uh, uh, I came to say sorry for this, this, this. And I said, I didn't remember. I said, what are you trying to say? He said, oh, this, this, this. I said, oh, I don't, I don't remember. And truly, I don't remember. I didn't remember what they were. She was trying to pull the thing back. I said, I don't, I don't remember. So when we confess your sins, that's why 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. And when all unrighteousness is being cleansed away, what is left is what? Righteousness. Yeah. Hallelujah. So go back to the scripture. Let's finish that, what we're working on. The scripture we're working on. He, he canceled, uh-huh. No, yeah, do that. 14, quickly. He canceled what? The record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. Yeah. So if this is the record of the charges, if this is the record of the charges, and they have written something, something, they have written things like this. Jesus came. When Jesus came, he canceled it. He took his red pen, his blood, canceled, and then he nailed it to the cross. I died on the cross. So he nailed it. Nailed it to the cross. Amen. He took it away. He took, it's been taken. Whatever has been written against you has been taken out of the way. Amen. Listen, when you give your life to Christ, the devil will come and tell you, all of a sudden, especially when you are worshiping, then all of a sudden you remember, ha, 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 the time you were taking the fish from your mother's soup. Oh, the day you took the tolobifi and the thing, you know, eh, eh, God, be, it was hot on your tongue. <laughs> they say, you, you say, look at you. You say you're a Christian. You are speaking in tongues. What Christianity? Look at it. He will remind you. But when he reminds you, remind him with the scripture that Jesus has canceled the record of the charges that is against you. For if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. If somebody, what's today's date? What's today's date? 19th what? April. If somebody, if somebody, if you are born on 19th April and they say you did something 17th April or 16th April, can you be charged against that? No, because you were not born then. So if you are not born then, how do they charge you with it? So from when you got born again, whatever is a record in the past has been canceled. <laughs> Hallelujah. The record has been canceled. No, it's not yours again. It's been canceled. It's been canceled. So when, when, the, when the, the enemy comes, so every time, every time Satan comes and says, look at you, 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 you even, listen, and when you got born again, it is your spirit that gets born again, your flesh is not yet born again. And your mind is not yet born again. It needs to be renewed by the word of God. So, if you are not, 
you have not eaten the word of God to flow very well, you will find yourself sometimes trying to relax, trying to get it. And the moment you know that you've done something wrong, go quickly back to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry for this. So that when the devil comes and he says that what, whatever God, the devil is saying against you has been canceled, has been torn into pieces, has been torn into pieces. So when the devil comes and says, look at your daughter, look at that girl, look, she's in the choir. But, you know, after being in the choir, we saw her, you know, at, 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 with some boy somewhere, you know, and he said, the Lord said, well, foolish, canceled, foolish, canceled. She has, she, has, she has confessed. And because she has confessed, I don't even remember anything. I don't know anything. But someone said, is, uh, is God not all-knowing? He's all-knowing. But when it comes to our sins, he says that what? He has decided that. He has thrown them away. He doesn't remember it. He has dissolved it. Your fornication, cancelled. Your stealing, away. Your confusion, cancelled. Whatever evil thing that you did, cancelled by the blood of Jesus. And nailed to the cross to show. That's why we say, thank you for the... You paid. And gave amazing grace. Thank you for this love, Lord. Thank you for the nail pieces. Wash me in your cleansing flow. Now all I know is your forgiveness. And Bring it. Okay. So, 
This is what this is her arm. In beating. This is the arm in slapping. And then there's an arm in making phone calls, in monitoring. He's here. He's coming. He's coming. The devil is an arm. Is that right? Yeah. This is also somebody's arm. What's inside? Spectacles. Okay. He maybe has some shades and then he wears it. And then when he wears it, he hides his eyes. After he has gone to smoke or drunk or that, nobody can see what is in his eyes. He has said that. Yeah. Pastor said has got some arms over here. Yeah. You see, he'll be hiding it and then he'll say that when you have before, realize that you so, so it's a chuku chuku arm. Okay. So now, when Jesus came, the Bible says that he disarmed spiritual rulers and authority. He disarmed the evil forces. So when Jesus came, first of all, verse 14, watch it. Watch it. I want to show you. Do the NLT. Start from there. Start from the 13. I want to read it. You were dead because of what? Your sins. And because your sinful nature was not yet cut off. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all your sins. So it means that he what? Expatiated. To bring about propitiation. And to release you into reconciliation. And then to let you end up in redemption. Regaining. And then, so the 14, he canceled the record of the charges that was against us by, through the process of what? Through the process of what? Expatiation. Eh? Sorry, expiation and what? Propitiation. And he took, he canceled the record, and I'll show you the cancel record, and took it away. He actually took the whole thing away by nailing it to the cross because he died on the cross to show us. And by what he did, verse 15, in this way, by, by taking away our sins and our guilt and then cancer, taking it out of the way, it used to be in our way, staring in your face. When they take you to the law court, eh, and the prosecutor is reading the thing, it means that something is staring at your face. And it's a very bad thing to feel being accused. Accusation is very bad. It makes you feel deflated, confused. When, when you, they take you to, somebody takes you to court and accuses you, eh, it's a very bad feeling. But Jesus came and took away the accusation. And Bible says that in this way, when the accusation is taken away, you see, when somebody goes to accuse you at the court, and then somebody says, no, no more accusation, it deflates your enemy. It deflates your accuser. And that is the work of the lawyers. To hire a lawyer so that the lawyer will punch holes in whatever is accusation in, in order to negate the accusation and to free you from it. And Jesus came as our lawyer. Is that right? So when Jesus came, he paid the price for our sins by himself. And what? He disarmed the authorities and spiritual rulers. He took over whatever was their arm. He disarmed them. So now, what is it? If this was what he could use to do anything, his phone call has been taken away. So now, make the call again and let's see. So you have been dealt with. Then he came here too and took away his chukuchuku too. So the chukuchuku too has been taken away. So now this one comes and then this demon has a belt. You are cleansed from being called a demon. 
And then he also took this one. This one too that he uses, she uses to ship. The shipping thing has been taken away. So he shall no more be shipped. And then this one who wears whatever and then has been looking plus the telephone, the monitoring spirit. Monitoring spirit. The monitoring spirit also has what? Been taken away. So he has what? Disarmed. So the devil has been disarmed. So now, the, the, the tool the devil uses is deception. So, it's like having claws. I mean, uh, crab. You know crabs have got claws. If you take hold of the crab and you break its claws, you are finished. You can put the crab in your pocket. It will do nothing. You can put your crab at your back and it will rather be scratching your back for you. Yeah, it will be scratching your back for you. Because what makes it, what, its power, which is the claws, has been taken away. <laughs> in fact, a snake is nothing but it's what? Venom. So if you are able to take its venomous power away, is that right? So whatever, wherever it squirts its, its venom from, if you are able to pull it out, it means that it has nothing against you. And so when Jesus came, he came not only to forgive your sins, but he came to take away the ammunition of the devil so that he has no more ammunition against you. That is why Matthew says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loose. And in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, thank you, Chuku ammunition, Thank you. Check to see whether I've given you. Is this your own? Yes, this is your own. Blessings. 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 Sorry, this is yours. Amen. He says, well, give the Lord a hand. It's a good Friday. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Lord is showing us what he did for us. Amen. By, by what? Destroying the power of the enemy. And that's why I say, I give unto you what? Power. Someone say power. power. To tread on what? Because he has, he has dealt with him. He said, I give unto you power. That means the authority. To tread on serpents and scorpions. And over some of the power. No, over what? All the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you because their power has been taken away. How do I know that? Matthew 28, 18. <laughs> Matthew 28, 18. Shabora Sotopahata Tata Lata Didi I'm showing you how to teach. Is that right? Yeah, this is how to teach. Uh, I was telling somebody yesterday that next time, I, know, I don't have to teach this. When I want it to be taught, I call one of you and you come and teach it. Amen? Because, because you, have, you have been... So you have been taught to become a professor. Amen. Après aujourd'hui, tu es le professeur. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, 
All power is given to me in heaven and what? In earth. Hallelujah. So if all power in heaven and earth has been given to him, then there's no power meant for anybody else. That's why I say, power belongs to him. Power belongs to him. Heaven and the earth. Oh, power belongs to him. Yeah, power belongs to him. Heaven and the earth. Oh, power belongs to him. Sing again and say, power belongs to him. Yeah. Jesus Christ came to us, disarm the enemy. And the Bible says, in, I like it in the King James, because King James, uh, it's quite rhymy. You know? uh -huh. So I like the literature there. Um, that's in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. He says that having disarmed, he said, having spoiled, in King James, he said what? Having what? Spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In, a, in those days, to, when you defeat an enemy, you take a victory procession, a victory lap. Like when, when people win a, win a race, they go on a victory lap. Is that not it? And people are clapping for them. When they, those days, when they go to war, and then they overcome the enemy, they bring their generals and then the prisoners of war and march them through their praetoriums and march them through their various uh, streets for people to see that when they went to the war, they won it. How did they win it? By exhibiting their enemies. And the Bible says, the heavens for principalities and he made a show of them not privately, but openly triumphing over them in it. Taking a victory procession to let the whole world know that truly he has won the victory. Amen. That's what he's, he's won the victory. How do we know that? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 to 18. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 to 18. Oh, Jesus. Now, what, what will make the devil have dominion over you is sin. But we have just read that he took away the sin. And once he took away the sin, expiation took place. Eh? Which brought about what? Propitiation. There's reconciliation with God. And if God be for you, who can be against you? And therefore, you have power over the enemy. But the one who is laden with sin, the one who is not born again, or the one who is living in sin, comes under the dominion of the devil. So you can, you can be born again, but if you are living in sin, you come under the dominion and the control and the influence of the devil. But the moment that you move away from sin, he has no more control over you. And so you can face him head on collision and deal with him in the name of the Lord. Because when you are dealing with him, it is not you that you are dealing with him, but Jesus that is ahead of you. And greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says that whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And if God be for you, who can be against you? So when you give your life to Jesus, God is with you, God is for you, and God is in you. Yeah. Amen. You have to understand this. Uh, listen, what I'm teaching, this is that I'm teaching you, it's more than laying on of hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than laying on of hands. 
Because I am empowering you that you yourself will become very strong at any point in time. When the enemy comes around or any time that anything is happening, you may not need, uh, you, and you are calling the pastor, you know the pastor said, out of coverage area. Sometimes either the pastor will not pick or MTN is not going. MTN everywhere, but you are not getting everywhere. One day I was in the office of one of these uh, service providers calling one of their own lines in their own premises and they still say that out of coverage area, the thing is not working. In their own premises where they have erected their mass. So what a shock. Hallelujah. Okay, now the Bible says that for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, referring to us, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Jesus took part. That means that he also partook of flesh and blood. That through death, he might destroy him that had what? The power of death, that is the devil. Hallelujah. <laughs> now let me explain this to you. Because we are flesh and blood, for Jesus to, to be able to represent us, he has to be like us. He can't come and be like, he can't come in the nature of God to fight the devil. It's like, it's like, uh, uh, Papi, come. Uh, come, quickly. It's like me fighting Papi. Or you say, Papi should come and fight me. I'll just grab his neck like this. When I grab his neck like this. Yeah. Uh, and there's some places when I get him and I, I touch him, no, he, he'll collapse right now. Yeah. I know places when I touch you, you, you something will happen to you. Yeah, he's like, he doesn't want to collapse. So he's looking at me and saying, Grandpa, don't do this thing to me. I won't do that to you. You shall live. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you realize that to fight Papi, Papi and me fighting is an unequal fight. And even more, more so when Papi is fighting Uncle Clement. Yeah. Uh, uh, look at it. Look at it. Even when Uncle Clement is sitting. Look, even when Uncle Clement is sitting, look at him. And then when Uncle Clement is standing, and uh, Uncle Clement, can you stand so that they can see? You know? yeah. yeah. Can you just imagine? The, the, uh, look, at, look at the two of them. <laughs> Look at the boss boy. Say, Kevin, he's having pity on him. The guy is so tiny. Are you getting me? So it, it, it doesn't work that way. Is that right? Okay. So now, if God is to fight that, thank you, sir. God bless you. If 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 God is to fight the devil and overcome him on our behalf, it means that he has to reduce himself into a form of man. And for anybody to live on earth, the person legitimately, for, to live on earth legitimately must have a body. That's what I would say, a body that has prepared for me. So a body was prepared for Christ to come and live on earth. And if you are going to fight somebody eh, in boxing, it means that no matter what, if you are wearing your suit, you must remove your suit. That's why when you see them as they are going, they will be wearing whatever, they remove their suit, they remove their rings, they remove everything, and you wear shorts, and then they put you on the scale, and all of you must be at the same level. Is that right? So, Jesus literally derobed himself, reduced himself in the form of man, and faced the devil. So now, see, I have come to the same level <laughs> with him. So he reduced himself, and then he was able to outbox the devil. So he took, he, he he, he took himself, he took upon himself what? Flesh and blood. That's why he said, 
as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also took part of the same. And through death, he died our death that he might destroy him that had the power of death. Thank you, papi. You are blessed. But you are not Satan. You are anointed, papi. Amen. Amen. Are you following what I'm teaching you? Look at this. Do it in NLT for me. NLT for me. You see, you need to understand these things. Because sometimes we can come to church and we can preach many things, hallelujah, hallelujah, but we don't understand the basis. Okay, verse. But because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. Are you God's child? Yes. The son also became what? Flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. Because God doesn't what? Die. So only as a human being could he what? Die. And only by dying could he what? Break the power of the devil who had the power of death. So once he came and took on, became like a human being and died, he now has the power over death. But the good news is that not only did he die, but he resurrected from the death to overcome death. And once he resurrected from the death, it means that he has overcome the one who has the power of death. So the one who tries to kill people, John 10, 10, the thief comes not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy, Jesus came to destroy the killer. He came to destroy the person who causes death to take place. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Is the Bible is sweet, oh. Amen. Are you following what I'm teaching you? Hallelujah. Jesus came. So, because God's children are human beings. Are you, are you a human being? Yeah. So, and are you flesh and blood? So, if Jesus is coming to save you, then it means that he must represent you. So, if he must represent you, then he must look like you. In order to be able to go and face the devil. Amen? Amen. And it was when he faced the only as human being could he die. Because God doesn't die. So he had to die. And how did he die? Because the sin of man was placed on him at the cross. And that's why on the cross he was rejected. And he said, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabatani, my God, my God, why have you what, forsaken me? The sin made him to become rejected. It means that you should have been rejected, but he took your place so that he will be rejected and you will be accepted. Amen. You are accepted by God. Amen. And so he died your death. And once he died your death, that is why a Christian, a Christian dies once but is born twice. But the unbeliever is born once and dies twice. He is born naturally and, and dies spiritually. Is that right? Whilst the Christian, when he's born naturally, he gives his life to Christ, born again. So he has been born twice. That's why he said born again. You were born, and you were born again, and you only die physically once. Verse 15. Verse 15. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. <laughs> so when you give your life to Christ, there's no more fear. Huh? You are no more a slave to sin and no more a slave of fear. Eh? You are no more a, a slave. What's that song? What? I'm no longer a slave of fear. 
This is where this is where that song came from. I'm no, no longer, longer a slave, slave to fear. Yeah. Yeah. I am a child of God. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me. supposed to preach, but they all tried to swerve me, and uh, they tried to swerve me, so I had to do it, but I believe God wants me to download something to your life, amen, when I came on, then they swerve, when I, I said, you take it, then they, they, they swerve, I said, I needed to, re, me to rest, relax, and be receiving, but they swerve me, but Jesus is helping us, hallelujah. But I believe that God wants you to understand some very deep spiritual truths. Can I have an amen? amen? This is what will make you a very solid Christian. You understand the basis of your Christianity. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Verse 16 and 17. 
Read it with me. It says that, oh, let's do it quick. We also know that the son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. <laughs> so Jesus came to help you. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Wow. You see, angels, angels generally don't sin. Angels don't feel hungry. Angels don't feel tired. Angels, they are, they are, they are just spirit beings. Is that right? Uh-huh. But, so Jesus didn't come to, for them. He came for us. And because he came for us, he had to be like us. You see, it is when you are in somebody's trade, that is when you can understand a person. If you are not a teacher, you can't understand teachers. If you are not a lawyer, you are not an accountant, you can't understand an accountant. If you are not a carpenter, you can't understand a carpenter. If you are not a, a, a dress designer, you can't understand dress designers. So, for God to understand us, he had to take our nature. And what's the nature of man? We get hungry. So, Jesus was hungry. That's why he sent his disciples, John chapter 4, to go and buy food. Jesus would feel tired. And that is why, when they were in the boat, he would sleep. And then there was a storm, and his disciples said, Carry us not that, that we perish. You don't care. You are sleeping. It means that, listen, the master and his servants, they are not the same. Sometimes the servants must work and the master must relax. It's true. Amen. When you are sweeping and then I pass by, say, that you to come and take us. So every time we are sweeping. Ah, me too, I do other things you don't do some. Amen. Me too, I don't, so don't expect say we are cleaning the toilet. Come and clean. I've cleaned the toilet. I, I started cleaning the toilet before, so it's not your turn. <laughs> Amen. So the Bible says that I'm just trying to explain something to you. So the Bible says that to be a good high priest, a high priest represents the people. Is that right? So to be a good high priest, see, to be a good parliamentarian, the person should have usually the person should have been part of the constituency and should have lived amongst the people. To know their needs. But oftentimes they are from a crowd somewhere. Sometimes they are even living abroad. But because they've got money, they come, lobby their way around, and they become MPs over people they don't even understand. How can you preside over a nation you don't understand? How can you preside or represent, say you are representing a people that you don't know what they like? But God is a good representative. So Jesus took on our human form to be hungry. So when nobody says, I'm hungry, Jesus understands hunger. When somebody says, I am tired, Jesus understands tiredness. When somebody says, I feel lonely, I need somebody around me, I need a husband, I need a wife, I need a beloved, Jesus, because Jesus was rejected by all. Bible says in John 1, 11, he came unto his own, but his own word received him not. So you may not be received. So Jesus, whatever you, you are feeling, Jesus as a high priest, he came as a high priest in a human form to feel your feeling. So when you pray, you see, God the Father doesn't feel that feeling because he has not taken on a human form. But Jesus can feel our feeling because he has taken a human form. That's why he's our mediator. So anytime you pray in the name of Jesus, it's like Jesus who is asking. 
And Jesus will tell the father that, I've been hungry. I know how the hunger is like. I know how to feel weak is like. I know how sickness is like. I know how to, when you are beaten is like. I know how it is. So the father does it on Abia. That's why he said, if you ask anything from the father in my name, he will do it. Are you following me? That's what Jesus came to do. Let's finish that scripture, sir. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters. We are the brothers and sisters of Jesus. So that he could be what? Our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Is that right? Yeah, because he knows how we feel. You see, if you have worn somebody's shoe and the shoe pains, you now know it. When someone's wearing a shoe, you never know what it says. But when you wear the shoes of the person, you know that, hey, Charlie, the thing, Sana, hey, he squeezes. Then he could offer what? A sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people because he took our nature upon us, he could give away the right sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse 18. Are you here with me? My brother, Amen. Because me, I know it. And I'm sharing it to you with you. But some of you, the way you have done your face is like soft. You must receive what I'm teaching you. Since he himself has gone through suffering, listen to this. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he's able to help us when we are being tested. (laughs) You see, when somebody has taken a certain examination before, he knows the tricks and he has passed. He can teach you to pass. Yeah. That is why when an examiner teaches you, it helps you to pass. And Jesus, an example, he himself has passed through it. Can I have an amen? So, by what Jesus went through, he defeated the enemy. Can I have an amen? Then, how did he, what did Jesus do? He, number six, he, subs, he, he did all this by dying as a substitute. Someone say, he died by, as our substitute. The word substitute means to serve in place of a replacement. To serve in place, to serve in place of a replacement. To serve in place of. When we say somebody is a substitute, it means he's serving in place of somebody. He came to substitute the person. He came to serve in place of the person. Or to deputize for the person. Or to stand in. Amen. To stand in place. So Jesus came to stand in what? In our place. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. We deserve to die, but he came to die our death. Look at it. Do it. In. Let's read together. No, that's okay. Yet it was our weakness, read it with me, he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. Verse 5. But he was pierced for what? Our rebellion. So Jesus was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was shipped so we could be healed. So our sins was put on him. Amen. So on the cross, 
He was pierced because of our rebellion, our sin nature. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. That's what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Same scripture is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. The Bible says that he bore our sins. He personally carried our sins. Watch it. He personally what? Carried our sins in his own body on the cross. So on the cross, he carried what? Our sins. If something has been carried, it means that it's no more there. Hello? If I take this envelope from the altar here, it means that it's no more on the altar. So if Jesus took away your sins, it means that no more are your sins on you. That we can be dead to sins and live for what is right. Hallelujah. That's why from today, you can live as a righteous person. You can live as a holy person. You can live a sinless life because he took the sin nature away. And Bible says that by his wounds, by his stripes, you are hurt, healed. By his wounds, we are 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 healed. By his wounds, by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are Scripture first Peter 3 verse 18. First Peter 3 18. First Peter 3 18. The Bible says that Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. Amen. In the old testament days, every year they used to kill an animal, and the high priest would take it into the into the uh, the, the, the tabernacle, you know, for the the covering of the sins was we didn't use to wipe it out just to cover the sins away. But Christ suffered once for all. He never, he never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Hallelujah. Do it to the King James for us. New, new King James. Let's read together once more. For Christ also suffered once for sins. The just for the unjust. So Christ was just, he died for who asked the unjust. That he might bring us to God. So Christ's death brings us unto God. Hallelujah. Being, made, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. He was put to death in the flesh, he was made alive in the Spirit. And let me give you a scripture to substantiate that. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Romans 8, 11. Are you here with me? But if the spirit of him is being made alive in the spirit, and I'm giving you a scripture about the spirit one. Hey. Read it with me. Oh, I can't hear somebody. I can't hear somebody. The word is sweet. The word is sweet. Read it for me, somebody. Again, 
Hallelujah. If the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead also will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the life in you is the life of God. Amen. How do I know that? Galatians 2.20. Bible says that Christ, oh Jesus, scripture had dead. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who, who lives in me. And he said, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That means that the life that I'm living now is the life of Christ. Amen. Yeah. There's a song that the life that I live, the life that I live. Do you know how to sing it? Yeah. Why are you not singing it? Take up my cross Daily follow you I'm not ashamed to shout My love for you, my Lord Straight from my heart I worship you greater love has no man than this. So you see, now watch it. By dying in our place and taking the penalty of our sins upon himself, Christ's death means propitiation. He took away the penalty of our sins. And that we now have the life of Christ. He's given us his very life. And that's why John 15, 13 says that what? Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for you. So that, number one, your sins will be forgiven. Is that right? Number two, he will take care of our, our sicknesses and our confusion. Now, how did he lay down his life? By shedding his blood. 
The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no what? Remission of sins. And Jesus shed his blood. So say, Jesus shed his blood. So the blood was a purchasing currency. That is what purchased you. That is what washed away your sins. How did he purchase us? How did he shed his blood? His blood was shed in five areas of his body. And the number five means grace. The Bible says, well, we are saved by grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Through what? Faith. We are saved by grace. So say we are saved by grace? Through faith. And the number five means what? Grace. So the five areas that Jesus was pierced gives an indication blood flowed from there. Number one, blood flowed from his hands. So it's his hands. The blood, they pierced his hands so that the blood that flow was flowing from his hands will bring unto us blessings in our hands that whatever we touch is blessed. Amen. To give us economic power. From today, we refuse you from being poor. And that from today, you walk in uncommon blessings. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8 to 12 talks about the blessings of our hands. Quickly look at it. Deuteronomy 28, 8 to 12. The Bible says over here, the Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand. Hallelujah. So all that you set your hand to do is blessed because Jesus was pierced in his hands. Amen? Verse 12. Verse 12. Determine to the 8, 12. The Lord will open unto you what? His good treasure, the heavens to give rain unto your land in this season and to bless all the work of your hands. Because Jesus was pierced in his hands from today, the work of your hands are blessed. When you touch salt, it will become diamond crystals. When you touch gold, it will become gold dust. You, I see your life flourishing amen. and progressing in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen. Number two, they pierce, they pierce his feet. Someone say his feet. We walk with our feet. Is that not it? And in Luke chapter 10 verse 19, he says, I give you power what? to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies what? hurt you. I give you power an authority, eh? Yeah. To trample, to trample. Who be tietia and what and the caca and chase? Who be tietia and what and in caca and chase? And what? It didn't say serpent and scorpion. And what? Serpent. Every kind of serpent spirit, we trample on them. Every scorpion spirit, we trample on them. Serpents bite with their heads. Scorpions bite with their tails. Anything that comes with this head, we crush it. Anything comes with its tail, we crush it. Whatever comes with the head, we crush it. If it's camouflaging to come with the tail, we crush it. That's why he said, I give you, Jesus said, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions because he himself said in Matthew 28, 18, all power in heaven and in earth has been given unto me and he has given that power to you. Number three, they pierce the side of Jesus. And blood and water came from his heart. The side they pierced was actually his heart. So Jesus died out of brokenheartedness. And he's talking about our emotional pain. It means that anybody that you, are, you have gone through any kind of emotional pain, Jesus died for your emotional pain. Amen. The Bible says that he was rejected that will be accepted. Amen? Amen? So anybody that you, have, you feel rejected, sometimes... Among your classmates, they don't accept you. 
When they even say someone should be a black box cleaner, you, you volunteer. They say we don't want you to even to become a black box cleaner. And you, sometimes you feel very rejected. Sometimes in your own family, you look like you are the black sheep. In your community, people may not like you. You were rejected, but Christ was accepted. John 1, 11, he came onto his own. 1, 11 and 12. His own what? Received him not. It means that his own rejected him. But as many as received him, he gave them the power to become. So when you receive Christ, you become the child of God. You, you have a right to heavenly inheritance. Receive it in Jesus' name. Can I have an amen? amen. Are you following what I'm teaching you? Yes. So many of you, as you're growing up, they insulted you. Look at your face. Your face is not nice. Your lips are too big. And sometimes they even insult you with some of you, the, your body parts. See some of the ladies, they tell you, tell you, you have what? Very obolo breasts. And when you go, you lose your self-esteem. So as you are going, you are doing like this. You are doing like this. When you, the way you see men, you see a lot of times, you see some of the girls, very pretty girls, but they lost their self-esteem. Because when they are growing up, their own parents or their family members started insulting them with their body parts. When I was growing up, some of my siblings used to laugh, laugh at me when I tried to sing. Not know I had an anointed voice. But they, they used to laugh at me. But when I went to secondary school, and then SU will be leading, and I leave prison, once I realized that the people are very happy. And they'll be dancing. And I'll go to the university. And the whole university will be having services. And I'll be the one to be leading praise. So I told myself that soon this is my sisters. Look at them. If I had followed them, I would never be carrying this in. And I'll be standing at crusade grounds. And I'll be leading praise and worship. In fact, it was my leader of praise and worship that make, made a way for me even into ministry. Yes. Made a way. When I started ministry, I was first of all praise and worship leader. That's Uncle Clement. You see Praise and worship. I used to, I would, and my praise and worship heart. I would be singing and dancing and jumping. Hey! When I see that you are standing, I'll come and shake you myself. I will say, I'm, I'm singing the music, then I'll come and shake you. What do you mean by we are singing and you are standing there and you are doing what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? We are serving the most high. Uh, when we are see our praise and worship, they, they raise a the song. It's like they are singing some more. They raise one and they are expecting the back to back. You must read, you must sing the song. I remember I went to a village called Waje from Kwebe to you know uh, 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 to Waje. And in that village, there was nobody to, who was backing me. I would lead prayer myself at a crusade, lead praise and worship, and and lead and dance to get the people to sing, join me to dance. And then after that, I preach. And I pray for the sick. And I pack my things back. You think ministry is cheap. You When you come, they have set things for you. You even come early to help to fix the things. You have, you come to fix the chair. You come and then everything has been done. Then the last minute you come and then, then you come and you are, you are taking microphone. Then you, you, are, you are leading. And even when you are leading the prayer, you raise a song and then you are sweating backers. And when they are not singing, you look at them that way. Oh, not all. Oh, not all. Don't say I'm talking about anybody. I'm preaching. Yeah. Amen. I want to encourage you to be a very wild person. Listen, you cannot be a successful Christian when you are a softy. You cannot be. You, you cannot be soft. Leaders must be hard. You must be a tough Christian. 
Amen. Just somebody be tough. You can't be a soft. Jesus was a hard person. Do you know why I know Jesus? Uh, I have been to the Garden of Gethsemane myself. Where they went and arrested Jesus, they had to pass him through uh, the brook of Kidron. And that place, it was a very long distance before they could get to the, the, the palace of Caiaphas. So it means that Jesus must be very strong going to, look, we, as we're going to, we're puffing and panting. Yeah, going through that place, as we're going. <laughs> and can you imagine the person was being beaten and beaten and beaten? And then from Caiaphas' place, all the way to the old Jerusalem, to the old city, where they went to Pilate's place. Me at a point, me, I had to sit down. I was tired, Papa. I was tired. So when I went to all that place and, and where they beat Jesus, I went to kneel down. I couldn't stand. I said, why they beat Jesus? I can't stand. I have to kneel down. Then I saw that Jesus was very strong physically. You cannot be a weak person. You have to be strong in your mind. You have to be determined that I must succeed as a Christian. Many people, many things will stop me from wanting to serve God. But I won't stop serving God. I will keep serving him. I will keep loving him. I will keep praying. I will keep dancing. I will keep keeping on. Amen. Even if the pastor says, don't do this, I will, I will keep doing I will find something to do. If the pastor pushes me and says, I will come. I'm, I'm here. Please, pastor. I will roll on the floor and say, please, pastor. I am here. Where am I going to? Peter was asked by Jesus, do you also want to go? He said, who, to who do we go to? You are the words of eternal life. Where do you want? Do you want us to perish Jesus? After we followed you like this, where are we going to? We go nowhere. Yeah. 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 I am here to serve the Lord. I said, I am here to serve the Lord. Amen. Listen, for many of you, if I look at you, I won't preach again. I'm telling you. I'm being honest with you. I am being very honest. And you, some of you, when you get into my shoes and you see the attitude of some of you, you realize that when you say, look, let me see somewhere, matter ego. Let me see somewhere and then I won't fail. I told you, I wasn't supposed to preach. I, even the first day, I only decided to open the preaching app, the program app. And I fixed other people. And they tried to swerve me. And then when I come, I, physically, I'm not supposed to be standing like this. They told me, say, lie down. Lie down, lie down. I've been told, lie down. But I'm standing. And after the preach, yes, I'm told. You have no idea. We don't tell our stories. They said, lie down. You need to lie down. And yet I'm standing. And yesterday I preached. And last night, they were late. When I knew some of you were chatting, 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 chatting. You said, one man them. And then this morning we're here. And from here I'm going to another meeting. You have to be hard. You have to be hard. If we are going to win, which we are going to win our nation and the world, you have to be hard. Yes. Amen. Yes. So you will be rejected. But when you are rejected by men, always know Psalm 27 verse 10 says that when my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Yes. Amen. You will be rejected. I say you will be rejected. Sometimes your family people will reject you. I have felt rejected before. Amen. Sometimes he says, Who is this? This one is the one whose mother is an Ashanti. It means that the tribe that you are coming from, no, they, they have relegated you. Don't, and you yourself, now you know that you are one amongst people who is not accepted. But when Christ accepts you, 
His spotlight of glory will come upon you and you become different. Yeah. You might have gone to a school which is not respected, not accepted, but the, the acceptance of God will come upon you and you'll be different. So Christ was pierced on the side. The third place blood came from him was his side. That was his side of love. So that you experience love. Everybody in this place, may you get somebody to love you. All the ladies, may you get lovers. I said receive lovers. If you are married already, may your husband love you more. May your wife love you more. May your children love you more. At your workplace, may you feel loved. Number four. They pierce his, they beat his back. Amen? The Bible says, that's in First Peter chapter 2 verse 24. They whipped his back. The Bible says, by his stripes we were healed. By his stripes we are what? Healed. That's what by his stripes we are healed. Amen. By his stripes we are healed. 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 Hey, by his stripes we are Hallelujah. soldiers beat him. He was beaten 39 lashes. And according to medical science, for every disease there are 39 possible causes for it. It means that for every lash he received he paid for a cause for a disease. So whatever is the cause of any disease Christ has paid for it. Oh yeah. You miss a place to give God praise. And then, finally, they put a crown of thorns on his head. Eh? You remember, we read in Genesis 2 that when man sinned, thorns and thistles grew up. Is that right? Genesis 3. Thorns and thistles started growing up. So it was after sin that thorns started growing up. And when Christ was being crucified, they put a crown of thorns. And the thorns was about six to eight inches. That went into his head. And a crown is something that is seen. They wore him a crown of thorns, which represents curse. They put our curse upon him so that we will wear a crown of glory. So, Christ was made a curse. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. That will receive the blessings of Abraham. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, these are some of the things that Jesus did. I haven't been able to get into what I want to do. I will teach it later. Amen. It will come into the resurrection. When Christ came to die. The blessings that 
he came to release on us. Amen? So he came to number one, expiate, expiation. That removal of what? Sins. Number two, propitiation. To take away God's wrath and anger. Number three, reconciliation. Reunion of friendship. Number four, redemption. Regaining and repossession and retaining of whatever was yours. That was taken away. There's a return. Amen. You see, when somebody steals your stuff or takes something of yours away, and then you get a lawyer, the lawyer speaks on your behalf. After the lawyer has spoken on your behalf as an advocate, then whatever was taken from you is returned. So when lawyer Jesus came and spoke on our behalf, acted on our behalf, whatever we lost or we should have lost, now is returned unto us. Repossession. Amen. And then he gave us, when you receive repossession, you walk now in what? Authority. So Christ gave us what? He died to defeat the enemy on our behalf. Because when the lawyer speaks, the lawyer's action defeats the enemies. So when lawyer Jesus came, he defeated the enemy on your behalf so that you now have power over the enemy. <laughs> and all these things he did as a what? A substitution. He took your place. So Jesus came and took your place and spoke. So you see that when you go to the law court, you don't do the speaking. It is the lawyer who speaks on your behalf. Lawyer Jesus speaks. And when a lawyer stands, he's respected and regarded by the judge. So when lawyer Jesus spoke, he was respected by God. Amen. And when the lawyer is speaking, he makes his submission, quoting the law and doing certain things. Is that right? And the things that Jesus released to bring about our freedom was his blood, which is shed in five places, which was what? His hands to give us what? Economic power and the blessing of the work of our hands. They pierce his feet to give us power over, over what? Forces of darkness. They pierce his, uh, uh, his side so that you receive what? Recovery from emotional pain. You lost a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, beloved. You are rejected by your friends and your parents. People look down on you. Those who look down on you, they will look up to you. Amen. There shall be restoration. Amen. And then they beat his back. By his stripes we are healed. And they put a crown of thorns on his head. That you say you are under a curse. You cannot flourish. But the curse is removed. So that you flourish and you prosper. In Jesus name. Amen.